0: Welcome to the Tax Girl podcast, your home for tax news, tax info, and tax policy. In each episode, I'll share conversations about taxes, money, and the choices that we make. I'm your host, Kelly phillips or for Tax Girl. I'm a practicing tax attorney, and I work with taxpayers like you every day. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Have you ever thought about working for the IRS? As taxpayers, we know the IRS is there, but beyond processing tax returns, we may not know exactly what IRS employees do. Each year, the IRS collects more than $3 trillion and generates approximately 96% of the funding that supports the federal government's operations, from Homeland Security to America's defense and more. So what's it like to work at IRS and what does it take to get hired? To answer those questions, I've asked Robin Bailey Jr. to the show. Robin has over 30 years of service to America in various senior level positions within the Department of the Air Force, Department of Agriculture, and the Internal Revenue Service. As the IRS Chief Human Capital Officer, he provides executive leadership and direction to 1,600 professionals who execute all matters relating to recruitment, hiring, employee development, Retention, Performance Management, Payroll, Employee Services, Workforce Relations, Employee Engagement, and Recognition Programs for the approximately 80,000 IRS employees who accomplished the mission. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Robin.
1: Thank you for having me, Kelly. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: So first of all, tell us how you came to work at IRS. I mentioned in your background that you actually have a a pretty varied background because you were with the Agriculture Department and the Air Force. So what led you to IRS?
1: Well, actually, it's an interesting story. I worked for uh, the Deputy Commissioner uh, Jeff Turbiano when I was at Agriculture, and he talked to me about coming over to Internal Revenue Service. I was not clear about whether that was something I was interested in doing. And the more we talked about it, the more I realized that the IRS is much more than people think about relative to tax administration. There's a lot going on in Internal Revenue Service. And it's a great place to work because people who really want to give back, I mean, when you think about the fact that, as you stated, collecting more than $3 trillion and generates 96% of the funding that supports all of the federal operations, everything we do across the federal government, the IRS has a key role in that. So whatever mission you might be passionate about, Mm -hmm. you can connect it to what we do in the Internal Revenue Service. It's just a phenomenal place to work. You know, I I was just concerned initially about the whole notion. Every time I say I work for the Internal Revenue Service, you get all these questions, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) But now it's exciting. It really is in terms of all the things that are going on and the role that we play in helping support our democracy. It's just phenomenal.
0: And so what was it about the service that kind of made you say, okay, like, was there a particular thing? Because obviously, you know this about the IRS now what they do, but you mentioned that you had a conversation, I guess. So what was kind of the thing that struck you where you're like, you know what, that's the place I want to be?
1: Well, actually, I worked for the food nutrition service prior to coming over, and I'm really a passionate about children and Having them have the opportunities that are afforded, that everyone should be afforded. Mm -hmm. Jeff and I had the conversation. It was really about do you recognize that the Internal Revenue Service is the organization that brings in the funds for us to be able to offer those programs to children who may be a little less fortunate? Uh, So that really what drove me to the Internal Revenue Service because I work for defense.
2: Mm -hmm. And when
1: you think about that great mission, the Internal Revenue Service. Is a part of that in terms of making sure that we are collecting the funds necessary that Congress allocates in order to ensure that all the missions are taken care of. So if you want to be connected to all of it, the Internal Revenue Service has an opportunity for you, for sure.
0: And you knew somebody at IRS, I guess, that kind of you, you mentioned having that conversation that said, like, come come work for us. But if if you're not that person, like if I don't know anybody in the IRS, how does the recruitment and hiring process work?
1: Well, we have, uh, all of our jobs are listed on usajobs.gov or individuals can go to irs.jobs.gov and they can find the various opportunities that are that we have in Internal Revenue Service. And, you know, sometimes that might be a little daunting in terms of, all right, how do I do that? What's that all about? It's simple. though. All you have to do is have your resume, you have to register with usajobs.gov. And you can apply for any job that you see that you might be interested in from that location. It's, it's really uh, when you think about the IRS, every profession, it doesn't matter what your degree happens to be in, or if you do not have a degree, we have opportunities for you. This is one of the only op- federal agencies that I've had an opportunity to work for where you can truly come in at the lowest levels GS2, GS3 wage grade, and make it to top executive positions in internal revenue service. We have several examples of that. So uh, it was just fascinating to see that someone can really say, okay, you started at this grade level, and now you are running one of our business operating divisions, just through hard work, perseverance, and really getting in there and learning the job and making it happen. You have those opportunities. In some organization, you think about, well, you had to be recruited from this big school or something. And you had to get in a special program to make it to the senior executive service. That's not true in internal revenue service. It's really an organization that's focused on the mission. Mm-hmm. And IRS is apolitical, so we don't get involved in any of that. You just really are focused on making sure that our taxpayers have the right information in order to be tax compliant. And we put our energy in that on a daily basis. And regardless of what you might be thinking of, you know, we have jobs, whether you're talking about engineering, accounting, social sciences, human resources, IT, communications, you mentioned earlier, special agents. And we also have uh, the more traditional jobs that you might think about internal revenue agents and officers, tax examiners. Data transcribers, which is a term that you don't hear that much about mm-hmm. anymore, but but we have those as well, as well as contact representatives, those individuals who are interacting with the taxpayers on a daily basis, really making a difference for those individuals. And we have this new program that, that um, I wanted to mention to you. It's called the RS Forward Program. It's basically a program that we're using to hire recent grads to come into our organization and put them on a fast track to leadership in the organization, putting them through various training opportunities to get them well-rounded about our mission and what the organization is all about. And those RS4 programs are available across the enterprise. It doesn't matter which uh, occupation, we have those available for people to be able to graduate from college uh, and jump right in with this. I, I think the criteria that's important for them to recognize is You have to be within nine months of completing their degree Mm -hmm. or have completed the degree within the past two years to be eligible for the IRS forward program.
0: And is that a special, is there a special website or a special place that those folks go to
1: apply? No, all of it's on usajobs.gov. Okay. And we have more information out there on irs.jobs.gov as well, where they can go out and find a little bit more about that particular it's basically like an internship program where you're put through a special training and development opportunities as you, over the, a two-year period, focus training and then transitioning into one of the jobs that we have available. But it is a phenomenal program. I will mention to you that I started off with the Air Force in an internship program. And those internship programs really offer special training they offer you the opportunity to really understand the culture of the organization, what we're really about, and really find yourself relative to which career field is really most desirable. Which one are you most passionate about? In being able to do that, and and, and our organization being over eighty thousand strong, you can imagine the number of opportunities that would be available if you were a part of the Internal Revenue Service. Oh, sure.
0: And it's interesting that you mention um, engineering because. I can't remember if it was on Twitter or on LinkedIn, but I saw that IRS Social was promoting that they were looking for an engineering position. So I know it's, it's something that, that you guys are, are very active in putting out there when there are positions that are
1: available. Yes. And just this fiscal, we're looking to hire approximately 6,500 folks. Oh wow! We have over 1,300 revenue agent positions that are going to be posted and out there almost 1,300 tax examiners, over 2,000 contact representatives, uh, almost, well, I think it's about 350 or so appeals officers, uh, over 400 IT professionals, and well over 1,100 in non-enforcement type positions, as I mentioned earlier, like you might find in procurement or human resources, communications, et cetera. So
0: what sorts of skills and background does IRS look for? I mean, obviously it's going to vary. You're going to be looking for something different for someone who's looking for an engineering position versus a special agent. But are there any kinds of, like if I'm putting my resume together, is there anything that you think people should highlight? Like, are you looking for entrepreneurs? Are you looking for people that, I know you've mentioned people who are willing to learn. Are there any kind of traits that you think make a particularly good
1: IRS employee? I think the number one piece is a commitment to public service and a strong work ethic. We train our folks to be able to do their jobs well.
2: Mm-hmm. We have
1: some exciting developmental uh, opportunities in our organization where we put you through specific training to te- you, teach you what we need you to, to know. We're the only tax administration organization, if you will, in the federal government. So we have to teach our folks to make sure they understand the various uh, statutes and laws as it relate to tax administration. But even beyond that, we try to make sure that our folks get the proper training to be most effective in the job that they're doing. You've probably heard about the Taxpayer First Act, and -hmm. that is Congress's attempt to make sure that we're focused on our taxpayers. And we're going to be having a lot of training associated with what that really means to ensure that the taxpayers see us in a different light. You know, I mentioned a little earlier when you say you work for an internal revenue service that takes on all whole different conversation. Mm -hmm. But we want to really shift that because we're really about trying to make sure folks can be tax compliant. Because I think most folks want to do that, but sometimes it's so complicated. They're just not sure exactly what to do. And having more of our folks in various communities to make sure that they really understand how easy it is and making sure that they have the right information to make the best decision as it relates to ability to be tax compliant.
2: I
0: actually love that you said that because one of the questions I was going to ask you is about the training because it would appear to me and my listeners know I'm a tax attorney, you know, there's a lot of information out there and it's really hard to sort out, you know, there's, it feels like there's something new all of the time. So when you talk about training, is that something, obviously you do it at the beginning, right? But is this something that You know, when the when the America Rescue Plan comes out, is that something that you then have more training for the folks there? Or or how does that work in terms of keeping up? Because it feels like it would be hard, right? Just like being any other tax professional, that it would be it's a lot of information to process. So how does your training program work? Is it a regular training or or how does that work?
1: Yes, our organizations make sure that as the tax laws change or any differences in terms of from year to year. Ensuring that our folks get the training real time to understand exactly what the implications are so that they can provide that insight to our taxpayers as they call in. But something else that you may uh, know about the Taxpayer First Act Congress has asked us to develop a comprehensive training strategy that's really focused on ensuring that we are providing better service to our taxpayers. And through that, we're now internally on an IRS university framework, which would mean that we would have career pathing associated with when you come, if you join our organization, you will have a roadmap, if you will, to identify the various training you need in order to be successful in that role, the number of opportunities relative to in-classroom training, what you're going to be getting on the job. What leadership development opportunities we're going to provide to those individuals as they come into their career? So it is really, really comprehensive around how we train our folks because you know as well as I do, sometimes that can be very complicated, mm-hmm. and we have to ensure that those who are contact representatives in there on the phone, understanding who to talk to, the information to provide to our taxpayers, ensure that they can make it through the process as easily as possible and not spend a lot of time trying
0: to figure it out for themselves. Right. And you mentioned earlier how important it was for the IRS to be viewed within communities and I was wondering do you have any diversity or other hiring initiatives to kind of make more representation to make sure that people when they call that they feel represented and kind of along those lines I know that the IRS is really reaching out on the language side is that something that you consider when you're hiring like if, if folks have language skills?
1: Absolutely. We hire specifically for, uh, certain jobs to be multilingual. And even now when we're talking about these 6,500 hires, we're talking internally about the whole notion of having the IRS represent or look like the people we serve.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: we are doing more in that space to try to be as diverse as we possibly can. We're also introducing more languages. I, I think, uh, Now we have a number of things that are in Spanish before we did not have that, which is unfortunate, but we, you know, we're evolving and trying to understand how do we better uh, support the taxpayers, and we're going to have more opportunities as it relates to being multilingual, and we utilize some of the uh, language services uh, when we have folks that are speaking language, uh, other languages that we may not have readily available in the service, but we are together a strategy from uh, EDI, which is our equity, diversity, and inclusion team, a comprehensive strategy around what that looks like and who we should be partnering with in our communities to ensure that we have a robust list of qualified candidates, all the positions that we have in the Internal Revenue Service.
0: Yeah, I know that languages are are such a big deal right now. We've been talking about it in the tax practitioner community because the 1040 is now as you mentioned in Spanish but there you can also elect to have your communications sent to you in certain languages there's a new schedule for that and I think that's just such a huge it's so huge for taxpayers to be able to you know taxes are hard enough um, if you speak English as your first language so I just think it's such a great a great step forward for the for the IRS to be able to offer those
1: languages yeah I know when we even talk about that internally you, you know sometimes when you're talking about translation, tax law, a tax code is not easy to translate. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why having folks that speak different languages and write different languages to be able to be a part of those conversations internally so we can make sure the first time we put something out, it has the right understanding for people when they read it and not have something out there that we think, obviously, maybe not speaking the language that makes sense, but it really doesn't. So That is a big part of what we're doing around the taxpayer experience. Again, being in every community and really, really trying to meet people where they are and having uh, better representation across our organization to make sure that we get that right.
0: And I know that you guys also have some offices abroad. Are any of these positions, these new hires that you're looking at, are they international
1: positions? What we're trying to do now, we're having a lot of conversation internally. We haven't, zeroed in on exactly where we are yet but mm-hmm. we're talking about the future of work as we you know as we've learned more about with this pandemic some of the things that we've had to shift to and some of the policy changes that we've had to make in order to operate in this environment that's what we're doing right now talking about okay how do we use this as a strategic opportunity to hire the right people to identify whether location is important, whether they need to be specifically in one of our offices, or whether they can be recruited from where they happen to be. But if they have the right skill set, that we bring them into the fold. So we're having those conversations right now. And I would anticipate as we continue to involve in that space, that we would have positions in various locations strategically to make sure we're, we're meeting the needs of uh, the taxpayers.
0: Great. Right. And since you mentioned uh, remote work, I know this is something that a lot of companies, um, you know, outside government are are kind of struggling with, like, is this going to be something long term? Is it going to be something I mean, obviously, for the, the short term, I think that a lot of companies are, are still going to have remote workers. How has the IRS responded to the need for remote work? And I, I don't know if this is something you can talk about specifically, but just generally, like how has the IRS I know that many of the folks that I talk to on the phone are working from home is that something that's going to be continuing for the short
1: term Yeah again we're having those conversations internally and right now everything has been focused on the health and well-being of our employees mm-hmm. We are a big organization but we recognize that nothing gets done without our people and we want to make sure that we keep them safe only those who have non-portable work uh, who are in critical roles have had to start to return to the office in some location, but we're ensuring that we are practicing uh, the safety guidelines identified by the CDC in terms of social distancing, uh, face coverings, and things of that nature, sanitizing, all of that stuff in place in, in our organizations. But even long-term, as you were talking about this, we're asking our businesses to take a look to determine what did we learn during this period of time? Are there specific types of roles that we believe should continue to be much more flexible than we have in the past? Are there specific areas where we could have been successful, we didn't really have the technology? So we're looking at it comprehensively. And how does that fit into what our workplace should look like in the future in terms of collaboration space and things of that nature? Those are the internal conversations that are taking place today. And we want to position ourselves to make sure that we can compete with all of the employers out there who are also looking at this as a strategic imperative in terms of being flexible in order to find the right talent and hire that right talent. Another piece that's important in this space is we found it somewhat challenging to compete with some of the industry folks at some of our big hubs. So why not take this opportunity to move into more rural areas that mm-hmm. may have broadband capabilities and get us closer again to the taxpayer and in those communities where they may not have as many jobs available? Those are the things that we're talking about right now specifically. And when we talk about our contact representatives, why can't they be in rural America someplace uh, working from an altered location? that makes sense to us. And we're looking at those as possibilities today.
0: Great. And I was going to say, as someone who grew up in a, in a rural community, I know that folks would welcome um, the opportunity to have those kinds of jobs closer to home. So that's awesome to hear. I have a, a kind of a corollary question about the pandemic, which is, you know, normally I would say like, what are the next steps after you apply and what happens during the interview process? Um, I suspect that looks a little differently now because of the pandemic. So What are the next steps? If somebody's listening and they're like, this is awesome, I want to apply, and they go and they put in their resume. And if there's a callback, how does that progress? Like, are there multiple interviews? Does it depend on the kind of job? And are those interviews going to be remote? Kind of what are the next steps there?
1: It depends on the job. But, you know, we we currently have shifted to a virtual onboarding process where we are now, instead of having people come into a building to onboard. We are doing that remotely in many cases. Our IT folks are now shipping the computers to the home address to make sure that folks have the equipment they need to start work uh, day one. When you talk about the interview process itself, we are interviewing over the phone. In some cases, we may utilize the Zoom technology to have the face-to-face experience uh, without being in the same room. But we have started to work toward what we are calling the employee and applicant experience. You mm-hmm. may have heard, you know, it takes a long time for federal employment to take place. Sure. But one of the things that we're trying to do now is stay connected to the applicant, meaning once we make contact with you to give you that interview, keeping you informed on uh, where you are in the process. And, and and that's generally been the downfall. You know, people don't hear anything for months on end. Mm-hmm. You'll find another job and then we call, hey, do you want this job? What Which job are you referring to? And that's been months ago. We are trying to do better in that space and making sure that we keep our applicants uh, safe, but at the same time, connected so they know exactly where we are in the process, what the next steps might be. And also, we have this ambassador program that we're utilizing now. So if you happen to be an applicant and you get selected, we connect you with someone in your organization, your prospective organization so that they can stay in contact with you. And you can ask those questions that you might not be comfortable asking a new supervisor, but that colleague, you might ask the question, you know, how's the culture, um, how do you like, how did you come to work for the IRS? Things of that nature that might be a little bit more comfortable asking of a colleague. And then when you arrive uh, in the organization, you have someone that you've started a relationship with and someone that can kind of help coach you through uh, what's going on and make sure that you're successful In your entry into the service.
0: Great. And when you mentioned, because it actually just brought up something I was going to ask you about anyway, when you talk about timing, obviously the pandemic has slowed a lot of things down, but do you have a sense, or can you give us a sense of timing? Like if I were to put in an application, you mentioned that you have, um, you anticipate hiring 6,500 folks. I mean, that's a lot of hiring. (laughs) What does the process look like in terms of time? Are we talking... Is this over a six-month period? Is this over a year period? Like, what is, what is kind of the time frame on your end for hiring?
1: We're trying to get those folks onboarded by the end of this calendar year. Okay. And and these, and these actual announcements go out at various times. But what we're trying to do is look at this corporately. For example, when I talk about the revenue agents, that might be across three or four different business units. But corporately, how do we have a conversation internally to try to have the applicants have one interview versus three or four with different organizations? Mm-hmm. So as hiring managers, we can all hear Kelly interview, and we have an internal process whereby we might be able to make a determination on the win-win. For example, Kelly, if you were saying, I really want to be uh, a special agent, mm-hmm. If they're a part of the interview process and someone in, say, our wage and investment area would want you as well, or uh, appeals, for example, if that's where you really want to be and we have a vacancy, then we can then allow you to move to that role and then the other organizations to pick up the next person and what have you. But internally, trying to make that as easy as possible for our applicants so that they know that they're joining an organization that's keeping their interest in center as opposed to going through multiple interviews with different parts of the organization, we are trying to work some things behind the scenes. Now, in terms of if I apply for a job, Mm -hmm. the way internally what we're trying to do is once the application comes in within seven days, we're trying to announce those positions. When the position closes, generally speaking, it depends. It can go from seven days to 30 days in terms of being open. Once that position closes, we're trying to issue the cert to the hiring manager within a couple of weeks after that. And then the hiring managers get into the interview process. But typically speaking, it's going to probably be um, as long as three months before from the time you might apply to the time that you might come into the organization, sometimes okay. less, sometimes more. But I think the key here is to make sure that our applicants are well aware of the next steps where they are in the process so they know what to expect. Because some of these folks may be leaving their organization to uh, become a part of ours. We want to make sure they know what's going on so they can plan appropriately. If you are shifting from another organization, then, hey, I need to do close out. There's some other things I need to do. So having that timing is very, very important. And we want to make sure we honor that.
0: And you mentioned, you know, that you might be qualified for more than one position. Once you're inside the IRS, How easy is it to move from one department to another? So like, let's say I was a tax examiner, but what I really wanted to do was be a special agent or become an appeals officer. Like what are, I know you said that there is a really strong infrastructure, but can you move laterally as well? Can you, can you switch and decide, you know what appeals wasn't really my thing? I'd like to do something else.
1: Yes, absolutely. We have just introduced a program we're calling Employees achieving goals and leadership experiences called our Eagle Program, mm-hmm. which is going to provide for lateral movement into other parts of the organization. One of the hang ups on the federal side has always been around if you haven't had that specific series, it's very difficult to leave one series and move to another. Mm-hmm. This program will help with that. And what we hope to do with it. You know, I had talked about the onboarding process, and we also have an orientation process. That orientation process, we're moving now to like a 12 month orientation, which means, for example, when you come into the service, we would, that first interaction with you would be about learning about, you know, what your benefits are and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Then at the three month point, we will talk to you about, hey, uh, now that you've been around for three months, let's talk a little about the various careers and what this organization is all about. At the six-month point, we'll talk to you about some other things. At the nine-month point, you've now been around for many. minute. you like, wow, you know, I, I got in, and I, I face this all the time, particularly with uh, folks who have come in as contact representatives. Some of these folks have PhDs or they have master's and other things. That they were just trying to get in. They just wanted to get in, but mm-hmm. they know that that's not the career field they wanted. They really wanted to be a revenue officer. That will be our opportunity for these folks to get on the path, having conversations with senior managers and and executives in that career field to say, this is how you can transition from one to another. These are the kinds of things that you can do to better prepare yourself for an interview process. And one of the things that the IRS does phenomenally well, we take care of our own internally. What I hear more often than not, I've been with the service almost three years, wow, I've been trying to get into the internal revenue service forever, but the, the positions are always internal, never external. Mm-hmm. That is now all shifting. We take care of our internal folks in terms of movement and placement and what have you, but we always have the opportunity now to bring folks into the organization once that movement takes place. So uh, if anyone out there, if you've been looking for the opportunity to get into the internal Revenue Service, now is the time. And one of the things that I would say to you is, if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? Now is the time to make it happen. Our average age is over 50. So there are going to be so many opportunities in the Internal Revenue Service. I wouldn't be as concerned about, I got to get in at a certain level. Once you're in, it just opens up in terms of all the opportunities when you think about over 80,000 positions in the service.
0: It's so interesting to hear you talk about the service with such enthusiasm because I remember um, listening to uh, former IRS commissioner, Koskinen, and he said, you know, he had worked in a lot of different places and he said that he found the people at the IRS to be the best people he had worked with in his career. So it's really interesting to to hear you talk about from a different perspective from the hiring person, because, you know, obviously he was kind of looking in because he had not been... He wasn't a tax person when he was hired. Um, He was a management person. And so it's really interesting to hear you also kind of echo these same things because you are a people person. You know,
1: this is who you work with. Well, I can tell you this. Right now, our commissioner is one of the most supportive, engaging people, individuals you'll ever want to meet. Everything he does is about people first, the employees first. And if you've ever wanted to be in an organization where from the top down, it's about you, this is the place. And, and I'm not just saying this because I work for the Internal Revenue Service because I have no sure. reason to do that. Sure. But, but, but the point, I'm serious. I've worked in a number of organizations. And when you have someone that's so focused on making sure that people have the opportunity, people have the tools, and everything they need to be successful, you know, we are currently working on this new modernization strategy for IT, in which in this uh, latest bill we received uh, uh, quite a, a sum of money, I think somewhere around a billion dollars to modernize our systems and in internal revenue service. So it's, it's a game changer in terms of moving from, one of the things I think that he was probably talking about when he talked about the people is whatever the internal revenue is given they make it work,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, whether that's duct tape and, 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 and <laughs> uh, you, you know, whatever it is, yeah. they'll do it. But the point is, think about now getting the actual systems that will modernize us in a way to do things that we've never done before. It's just this is the time. Again, the stars are aligned in such a way that if you can get into the service now, and you really want to make a difference. When you think about the impact and the number of people that we touch on a daily basis, and if you were a part of being in the service to design what those systems look like and what it looks like for the future, if you're in the IT world, I mean, you can't ask for much better than that and being able to come in, learn what that's all about and take your skills elsewhere or whether you want to stay with us. Mm-hmm. There is a commitment to make sure that we develop our people well, that they are trained really well to do the jobs that they are doing in the service, whether that's you decide to make it a career or whether you decide to take those skills and go elsewhere. The commitment is making sure you have those skills so that no one can take that away from you in your position to do whatever you want to do in life uh, after your time with the internal revenue service.
0: Well, thank you so much for this. This has, I think, been really, really helpful. I will make sure that the links to those job application sites that you mentioned are in our show notes. And if you wanted to leave the um, audience with just kind of like a final thought, I know you've been um, very enthusiastic again about the culture at IRS. What would you want people to know about the IRS if if they're still kind of like, they're, they're poised? They're like, you know what? This sounds good. I'm interested, what would kind of be the one thing you'd want them to take from this this program today?
1: This is uh, the total package. Uh, working for the IRS is a commitment to the mission, to people, that's your neighbors, your family, your friends, and our country. I mean, it has it all. There's, there's no question you can find all of that in the Internal Revenue Service in terms of how This mission touches so many. And think about now the Internal Revenue Service is highly engaged in the economic impact payments. Mm -hmm. Never before. There are other things they're asking us to be a part of. So you just have so many different ways of thinking about the work that we do and how you can make a difference for yourself, for your country while building a career. It's really worth taking another look at.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode. You can send an email with your feedback to podcast at taxgirl.com. And if you liked it, please share. You can find the audio of each episode at taxgirl.com. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them shouldn't have to be.